we will not copyright or trademark that. Um, the we do not have the rights to this at all. Please do not sue us. Thank you. Welcome to These Unprecedented Gays, featuring Joe Grinelli and Paul Smith. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and review wherever you stream your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at TUGaysPod and email us at TUGaysPod at Yahoo.com. We hope you enjoy. All you tuggers and tugettes. I'm Paul. And I'm Joe. And we are these unprecedented gays. We are indeed. We are. So how was your week, Joe? Um, so I've been doing a lot of DIYing. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but uh, I am the king of contact paper now, which is like what do you oh you do you remember when you were in like grade school and you would cover your books? Yes. So it's kind of like that stuff. Oh, I love that. But I put it on my cabinet. Can you and on like my countertops, like I did, yeah. <laughs> and then you stab yourself with a pencil, and then it's a, a, like a tattoo forever. Did you do that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that's been what I've been doing um, for a long time. It takes a lot of effort because you have to like cut it out, and then you like peel it on. It's like wallpaper, right? But it peels off, and so it's like non-waste. If you're a renter, if you're a listener, and you're a renter, and you want to like redo your apartment, just get contact paper okay. on not Amazon on, or Go on, like you're like some Martha Stewart. Like, so I will Bobby tell Burke you, it's exhausting. My back hurt. Like I felt like I ran a triathlon on Saturday because it's like okay, I got these peel and stick tile backsplash things, and like you peel and you stick it. But then my walls are not that like, like a, a, a hip hop lyric. You just yeah. peel it and you stick it. <laughs> That's like a Missy Elliott. I put my thing down, peel it, stick it, and reverse it. A sure flaminic dead. Yeah, come on. But it like. You have to peel it and then stick it. But then if you peel it off, it peels off the paint. So then I had to get paint to paint over okay. it. So are you renters out there? <laughs> Keep that well, in mind. Uh, well, yeah. So, okay. This is a pro tip from King Contact Paper Man. Me, if you're a renter, find out what your paint color is and go get some before <laughs> you do it. But if it's um, Swiss Coffee Industrial, it's really expensive. <laughs> so make sure you ask the people at Sherwood Williams for the discount and tell them you're a contractor. <laughs> oh, life hack. Well, yeah. Cause my dad does construction and I was like, well, my oh, dad okay. has, he's, he's a construction worker up in the Bay area. And they're like, Oh, okay. That's fine. Cause you're like, do you have an account? I'm like, no. Oh, okay. I don't have an account. So that's my week. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. It's a crazy week. Cause the girls in the office are getting their second COVID shots. Ooh, have they gone so- wild? <laughs> I'm like, let me know when you start growing a second head, and like, then you can take the day off. But when did they get it? <laughs> they got it this morning. Uh oh. Like, so I'm just like covering for them and stuff. So it's a little crazy, but you know, they're gonna start feeling it probably right now. Probably, but Ooh. I don't care as long as it'll call in. Are they gonna? Are they scheduled to come <laughs> into work me, tomorrow? Grace, Martha, and Marissa. <laughs> oh, Grace, Martha. Oh, not GMM. Yeah, exactly. Or MGM, depending upon like how. Bougie, you're feeling right. Isn't that a hotel in Vegas? Yes. Okay. And a, and a movie studio. Isn't that the Lion? Yes. What's the Triangle? Right. What's that Triangle Hotel? You're in That's the hospitality. Okay, I think I stayed there. Oh, okay. Did you I have a good time? Know. Um, <laughs> I was in college. We had okay. no money, <laughs> and you were drunk most of the time. So <laughs> yeah, well, and I was with my boyfriend, and we didn't have any money. So I brought like a little grill, and we brought food, and we cooked in the hotel room so that we couldn't like didn't you spend money. Burnt the- 
the place down. It's fine. <laughs> Luxor, you're doing great. <laughs> so anyway. So we have a special guest. In, we do. In the studio. I know. That's why we're kind of all like odd because we have headphones on and we're like muffled and they're like really good at noise canceling. But we have like over one ear, but not on the other, but it's like canceling it out. And we're just like staring at each other laughing. So listeners out there, you're welcome. We love you. And we do this for you. <laughs> so we have Dr. <laughs> Carlton in the studio. How are you? Hey, it's nice to be here. Oh, I love that there's a little delay. Like he's all like, yeah, like in another state, like on the other coast or something. But he's in San Diego. Like he's Anderson Cooper, and we're like, um, what's the guy's name? Andy Cohen. Who's Andy Cohen? Oh, the uh, Bravo guy, Bravo yeah. Andy. Yeah. yeah. So we're I think like he has a baby a, now. A coast to coast. We're bi coastal. Yeah. <laughs> but we're only on one coast. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So anyway, <laughs> the coast of so, California. So, Dr. Carlton, we're here to talk about gay sexual health. So, uh, can you give our listeners a little bit of background about you? Yeah, sure. I, um, I'm a gastroenterologist by training. I am, um, I basically got into the whole uh, sexual health aspect of things online because of the pandemic. Uh, TikTok was my entryway into um, social media. I never really... Like uh, a gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. I never really anticipated um, being where I am today with it, but... One day, I, you know, after being a lurker for about three months, I decided to post something. And I'm like, well, what, what do I know about? Well, number one, I'm gay. And number two, I'm a butt doctor. So, hey, I know about oh. anal sex. Oh, wow. So let's, let's oh. talk about what we know about. Well, so I, I posted a video on how to prepare too? for anal sex and how to make it better. And hmm. didn't really think much about it. I posted it. And then the next day I woke up to 1.5 million views and like 50,000 wow. new followers. And thought, wow, That's I've crazy. hit a nerve here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> realize, wow. realizing that this was such a big deal, I thought, oh, well, it's just all the gays on TikTok. They're, it's just the gays that are following me. Well, no, it was a lot of straight guys, a lot of, uh, a lot of women who wanted to learn more about anal sex. So my mm-hmm. whole um, – there, I use that word again, whole – um, my, <laughs> my, uh, my online media presence only grew from there. I'm up to about 167,000 followers on TikTok and my Instagram's growing. And, um, I, I never anticipated it to be where it is today because not only does it reach the gay community, uh, but it reaches straight folks. It reaches third world countries, People in places where you huh. could be executed for being gay or privately message me saying, oh, my God, I, I don't know what I would do without you because you're teaching me so much that we don't get to learn here. And if we ask our doctors about, we could be turned in and be, you know, sent off to prison or uh, murdered. So who knew that it would be where it is today? But this is where I'm at. Hmm. So do you find using TikTok is pretty easy for you? Because I don't do the TikTok-y. I don't either. It's very difficult. <laughs> I can't understand it. But like, do you find it difficult? Or did you find it was an easy medium for you? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Once you learn uh, a, f- a few tricks on how to post things, um, it, it gets pretty easy. Um, and honestly, you can post brilliant videos that are, artist- that are artistically done and spend hours and hours and hours and hours on them. And get maybe a thousand views. 
and then you post a seven minute, a seven second fart joke, and it gets two million views. You just never know. <laughs> so the payoff, in my view, <laughs> <laughs> the payoff isn't always there for the work you put into it. And but it's like it's like a slot machine. I think that's how they get you. You know, um, you keep putting things out there, and you hit, and then you you keep putting more out there, and then. You keep wanting to hit and it doesn't hit and it doesn't hit. And just when you become discouraged, something hits again. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a well, great medium. I have a question. And, and, Where are you from? I'm originally from South Carolina. I knew it. I, I, I picked up on the draw. Yeah, it's there a little bit. A call from mama and a glass of wine mm-hmm. and it comes out really nicely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew. So we're just going to like jump right into the questions because I know we have quite a few sure. that we sent you and stuff. So um, the first one is like, what are the criteria that you give to um, LGBTQ people about asking about like how to find a doctor and the best doctor for them, whether that's a general practitioner or an infectious disease or any other kind of doctor? Yeah, I, I think that's a huge issue for a lot of people. A lot of people really struggle to find people that they can um, be open and honest with. And that's the, the very critical and key component of finding the right doctor for you. Because if you can't be honest about who you are and what you do, there's a major problem with your medical care. And there are gaps in knowledge in a lot of medical providers who just don't know how to take care of gay people. So I think that it's really important for you to find someone who um, understands you. You know, ask your friends. You know, if your friend, you know, do your friends have a great doctor that they're comfortable with, that they trust, that that that's good? The Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, the GLMA, has a website glma.org where you can go and put in your zip code and find a physician that is LGBT friendly uh, based on your zip code. So it's a really helpful resource for a lot of people who live in areas that are not places like San Diego. So I, I really encourage people to, if, you know, to talk to your friends, look at sites like the glma.org website. You, you need to be able to talk to your doctors. Uh, doctors, like I said, have a, a lot of gaps in medical education about gay sex. I mean, I never had a class in gay sex and I went through four years of med school, three years of internal medicine and three years of GI, you know, so, you know, all that training and we never mention it. It's it's a forgotten aspect of our healthcare. So you need to find people who know what they're doing. And it's, it's astonishing. I talk to people now who who go to their doctors, get tests done and their doctors aren't doing the right things because they have no clue. So what are like. For you, like besides asking your doctor, do you suck dick too or something like that? What would be a good question for them to ask their doctor when they're trying to decide if that's the right one for them? Well, I think it depends on what medical conditions you have, if any, you know, uh, you know uh, and, you know, have a frank discussion with them about, you know, are you are you comfortable with taking care of a, a gay patient? Do you, you know, do you understand things like PrEP if you're, you know, looking to get on PrEP or if you're already on PrEP and you want to get the routine testing that comes with that? You know, if you're if you're a lesbian or or trans or issues that go along with that, too, and just making sure that they're uh, comfortable with those issues is really key. OK, so I got really lucky because my doctor's gay. <laughs> um, I don't know <laughs> if you know Dr. Brian Kim. He's at Scripps. You might be best friends because apparently you guys all know each other. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I got lucky. Um but I think I just like stumbled upon it. But my my question is going to be really on kind of branching on what Paul was saying is like, what if you don't have a gay doctor near you? What 
would you suggest if you feel like you're uncomfortable with your doctor? Well, you know, obviously that puts you in a quandary. You have to, and it all really depends on your underlying conditions, you know, or underlying concerns. Um, I think it's important to be honest um, and uh, express express your needs and even ask your doctor if you have a doctor that's assigned to you and you're just kind of stuck with them. Hey, listen, this is what I need. Uh, this is what I need you to do for me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, we're on the same team here and I need you to to understand this topic and be able to help me with it. And most doctors are pretty receptive to something like that. Like so if if, if you're in Alabama and you want to go on prep and your doctor doesn't understand how to do how to test or look for prep, you know, ask them to do some research about what tests they should be doing. Okay. So are you, you're the butt doctor, so we're going to get right into the butt stuff. The butt stuff. <laughs> oh. We're going to talk about the get, whole We're going to get story. right into the whole thing. <laughs> we're going to crack it open. So my like one of my first questions is, what is what would you tell somebody when they're thinking about tossing salad? And we're not talking about well, cooking right now. Right, exactly. Well, you know. <laughs> Oh, we are. Rimming is what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> oh, you know. So scientific. Yeah. <laughs> right. A very that, urban that, dictionary. That's here. a technical word for it. Yeah. <laughs> He's Nicki Minaj over here. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people are freaked out by it, um, thinking that it's an unclean thing or, you know, they're worried if they're going to get some sort of infection from it or, you know, they're going to automatically get parasites or something like that from it. Oh, my God. Um, I, it's, I think it's an important part. And, and, and an amazing part of, of mm-hmm. sex. I mean, yes. who doesn't love that? Okay, I was going to say, what's your opinion on that, <laughs> Mr. No. Butt Doctor Salad Tosser? No, totally. I mean, you know, there's nothing better than uh, you know if if you're if you're the one doing the rimming to have the bottom squirming all over the bed, screaming, you know, like, you know, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And there are a lot of nerve fibers down there. There's it's a mm-hmm, rich network of fibers of nerves down there, and and and. Just even a light touch. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So it feels so good. So obviously, the number one thing is you want to make sure that it's clean. You know, start off in the shower. Start off with a, you know, start off your date with the shower. If they don't already come over showered, <laughs> get in the shower. So you um, watched. Um, be clean. You watched that yeah. show. It's a sin, right? Oh, I love that show. Yeah. yeah. And there was that part in the um, episode, I think like the first one where he's like, um, you need to go clean down there. <laughs> Yeah, the guy was about to to rim him, and he was like, uh, um, "You're not clean down there." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should clean yourself. Exactly, and I think well, and that's that's something as well that a lot of people who are new to sex don't realize. No one's ever told them that. No one's ever pointed mm-hmm. that out. But it is an important part of especially you know oral oral anal sex is being clean down there. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of bacteria that are in the GI tract, obviously, you know, E. coli and things like that. The things that we need to worry about in the, in the gay community are, um, there, there are a few, a few entities that, that kind of run in the gay community that cause disease from rimming. One of those is Giardia infection. Giardia is pretty common in the gay community. It was common Um, with my dog. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's common (laughs) in well water. It's common in dogs. Um, it's, it, um, and in gay men. Um, now, you have to have the infection to be able to pass it to someone. So, But yeah. usually someone's going to know they have Giardia because they have gas that will <laughs> blow you out of the room. Um, you know, it, it, diarrhea, cramping, abdominal 
issues. If you're having oh my those, God, starts, that sounds like me. Do I have giardia? <laughs> but, well, maybe I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm fine. I eat a lot of fiber. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So, so not so much in the United States because it's a developed country, but in other places, uh, parasitic infections can also be spread that way. But like I said, these things are rare. They happen. They, sh- that, you know, you should be aware of them. But in general, if somebody's having a problem, you know, they're going to hopefully be able to communicate that with you and not. <laughs> One not would hope. Well, what happens <laughs> yeah. if you're in the heat of the moment and they're not showered and you're just like so turned on that you're going to go down there despite no matter what, what happens? Should you be worried? And I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I'm just saying, like hypothetically saying. Well, no, saying. you should be you should be worried. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Go down there, you know, inspect the the merchandise a little bit, and <laughs> if things aren't it. clean, do what the guy did in the in the um, in the in it's a sin and say, hey, let's go take a shower. You <laughs> but do you, you know, really run a huge risk of catching anything if it's not clean down there? It's it's pretty low, to be okay. honest. It's pretty low. And one of the things I always recommend to people after doing something like that. Great. Oh, God. <laughs> well, <laughs> that salad dressing is not, not, it's expired. Some people like a little flavor. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You want a little dressing with that they're salad? They're going to have it. Oh, yeah, they're going to have it their way Here's for so, sure. I have some corn with this. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good question. We get asking he's a GI doctor about the corn. Okay. I just thought yeah. of that. Never mind. <laughs> We're going to let we'll you finish your it. answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, uh, another big important thing about after you do that as well it, that decreases your risk for infection of any kind is rinse with Listerine afterwards. Oh, my God. There we go. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you should be rinsing with Listerine pretty regularly anyway. Yeah, but, but you know, if a lot of guys will carry a little bottle of it around in their gym bag or you know or just in case they go when they're yeah. the so gym. now I know that they don't care about their teeth they're just ass eaters that's right uh, oral health no I'm eating some ass and, and we'll get into this later but it's also a good thing to do after you after you perform oral sex as well just sucking a dick well, gotcha. yeah that was the other thing it's like okay there's how do you help people approach you know who might be interested in oral sex what are some tips on people for people to keep an eye out for when they are doing oral sex and to be safe? And also to branch off of that, if it's too big and you vomit on them, what to do after? <laughs> I only vomit on them because you pushed my head all the way down. Okay. That's well, that's your, hey, that's your GI tract. You're okay, good. But then you just grab a, a bottle of Listerine and you get back to it. <laughs> That's right. Get it together, honey. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> Fix your wig and keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, with oral sex, I did actually did a big TikTok about this yesterday, and it got a, a lot of response. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Inspect the merchandise. Look at it. Does it have a sore on it? You know, if it's a hookup, it, does it have a sore on it? Does it look unusual? Does it smell unusual? Oh god. If so, get out of there. Yeah. Leave. Listerine won't help you with that. No. Yeah. In general, you know, uh, HIV is a is rarely transmitted through oral. Mm-hmm. If you have a bunch of sores in your mouth, I wouldn't do oral anyway, just because it, it increases your risk for STIs. With other things, gonorrhea and chlamydia can happen orally. Like I said before, Listerine afterwards actually does. There are scientific studies that show that it does decrease the amount of bacteria in your mouth after performing oral sex. There's a big study in Australia going on right now. So... It, 
honestly, it's a harmless thing to do. Why not do it if it has any chance of decreasing your risk for gonorrhea and chlamydia? Nobody wants that. You don't want the clap. You don't want the clam. Okay. You don't want any of it. So I want to I want to just uh, splinter off here for a second because you said that you had two kids mm-hmm. and they're twins and they're sixteen. Yep. So how do they oh. feel about you being on TikTok, which is something that they would are probably on and their friends are on and everything that like and having you speak this frankly about sex and especially about gay sex. You know, it's never come up. They, they never address, you know, I'll, I'll say, oh, oh, wow, I had 160,000 followers today. And they're like, yeah, whatever, Dad, who cares? Ha! They're like, great. They really humor. honestly, Thanks. they <laughs> honestly, they're in their own little world. They don't care. I don't think their friends are on my algorithm. So, hmm. I, you know, I'll, honestly, I think a, TikTok does a lot of um, almost censorship of my material. Because hmm. okay. I have 167,000 followers, but a lot of my videos only get about five to 10,000 views. Hmm. Oh, Okay. So I think if there's anything remotely um, sexual, they gear it away from people under 18. Oh, huh. well, that's 4,999 more views than I get on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and my let, one view is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, girl. I follow you all the time. Yes, double tap. Um, so in the, in the vein of oral sex, like how mm-hmm. important is like grooming down there oh to that. that's a great question anybody want to eat some pubes well yeah you know <laughs> unless you want to then go well, for and, it. and honestly that that's a personal preference for a lot of people a lot of guys hey they love hair um and you'll find that a lot in the community you don't shave don't no don't shave that you look you no i don't want to like somebody who looks like a prepubescent person i want a hairy man <laughs> um you know so but, but and then there are other people who are like oh my god hair get that away from me so you're going to find a mix of uh, of people when it comes to grooming as far as hair um, who are into or not into that. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's like everything else in the gay community or in, in, in the community in general. You know, you're going to find some people who like what you've got and some people who don't like what you've got. Mm-hmm. So just be you and don't worry about it. Make oh. you make yourself happy first, and then Preach. you know you can worry about whatever. Exactly. Else if you can't please yourself, how the hell are you going to please anybody else? Can I oh, get exactly. an amen up in here? Amen. <laughs> I say we get to like, because I, I want to know like about barebacking. Oh. oh, sure. And like, we have a lot of sex questions. Yeah. Oh, so sure. I have like, and we're and you're a, basically a, a poop doctor, kind of. So like, yeah. But I mean, like, but we're going to talk about poop, everybody. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So barebacking. Um, Huge in the gay community now because of the advent of PrEP. PrEP, there's a, you know, most people know of it as a daily regimen to prevent HIV. You take it on a daily basis and then um, it's really, really effective against preventing HIV. There are actually some new ways to take PrEP if you're not that active. So if you don't have a very active sex life, um, and especially during COVID, a lot of, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, I just stopped taking PrEP because I'm not having sex. But if you're one of those kinds of guys who who only has sex a couple of times a month, why take a pill every single day to protect against HIV if you can plan around it? There's a new regimen that's called 211, hmm. where you take two pills within 24 hours of your your um, encounter. So, like, say on a Thursday night, you've got a hookup that's going to happen. You take the You take your PrEP. At least two hours before, but preferably 24 hours before, two pills. And then 24 hours after you take that dose, you take another pill. And then 
24 hours after that t- dose or 48 hours after your first dose, you take another pill. So two, one, one. And it's hmm. been shown to be very prote- protective against HIV, but it's only been studied in Truvada and not Descovy. Descovy is a lower dose of the medication, so it may not get to the tissues uh, in a high enough concentration that quickly to be able to do the two one one regimen. They're still studying that. Hmm. So, See, but anyway, I am not like I. For me, it's not the two one one taking the pills or anything. It's just finding a gay who's willing to to prep to plan, for, yeah. to plan out. Right. Hey, and yeah. we're we're gonna hook up in two days. See you then. I gotta right. get my two one one on. Yeah, yeah. But you know, some people are some people plan hookups and some and but most guys, you know, I, it's it takes away the spontaneity if you if you have mm. a two one one. But it also decreases your risk of kidney dysfunction and osteoporosis yeah. if you're on Truvada. Um, mm. So, you know, talk to your doctor about it. I'm not saying I advocate it. It's just one of those things where it's it's something new that's coming along. And there's actually a shot that may be available within a couple of months that you do one shot every two months. And that's all you mm. need. Wow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Medicine is fantastic. So, so we're talking about barebacking. Yes. Yeah. Man, you are good yeah, at keeping get, on let's topic. Get back, uh, let's get back to that. Yeah, He's on top yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Okay. He's on <laughs> top of the topic of that. So I was saying because prep has 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 put barebacking back in vogue, you know, <laughs> after we were damaged so heavily psychologically in the eighties and nineties by um, seeing all of our friends die from HIV and AIDS, it's it's something that most people didn't even consider for the majority of their lives. And now suddenly in the last 10 years, we have this pill that you can take on a daily basis and you can never become HIV positive if, you know, if, you, if you're pretty religious with, with taking it. It's 99 plus percent effective in preventing HIV. So more and more people are, are barebacking. And the, one of the big things I want to, you know, I'm not, say, I'm not judging anyone who barebacks. I'm just saying that, yes, PrEP prevents HIV and it pre- prevents it beautifully. But there are other things that happen with bareback sex that you also need to consider. And I don't judge people for for doing that, but they need to be aware of the consequences of those things. So gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis Mm -hmm. and herpes and genital warts, all those Mm -hmm. things can still happen if you bareback on prep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, gonorrhea and chlamydia, pretty easily taken care of with a shot or some pills. Um, syphilis, usually a, a shot or pills can, can handle it pretty easily. Herpes, I think most of the gay community actually has herpes antibodies. Anyway, I've seen studies where up to 85% of the gay community has had antibodies Relying to herpes already antibodies. anyway. Huh. I was going to say herpes are for life. <laughs> they are, that. yeah. yeah. So, um, and then the, the beautiful thing about uh, prevention for HPV these days is the Gardasil vaccine is available. Oh, that and reminds me. I need my third. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so definitely. I mean, that prevents HPV, which causes anal cancer mm-hmm. and cervical cancer. So, and even some oral cancers. So, I tell people if they're, if especially these days, most kids are getting vaccinated. Like my kids mm-hmm. got automatically vaccinated through their doctors, boy, boy and girl. You know. But um, it's available and approved for people up to 45 years old. And a lot of people think it's just for teenagers. But you can get it up to age 45. And actually, some doctors prescribe it for people over 45. It may not be covered by your insurance. But, hell, it's 
worth an ounce of prevention. You know, a pound of cure is, is definitely worth the ounce of prevention of taking a, mm-hmm. an HPV vaccine. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you need to be aware of all these things. But, you, you know, and if you do these things, you need to be aware that you need to get tested properly for all these STIs. So with gonorrhea and chlamydia, I always tell people, and you'd be surprised how many people don't know this, that a blood test and a urine test is not enough to check for gonorrhea and chlamydia if you suck mm-hmm. dick or if you fuck. You <laughs> no. need you need you, you need, need your throat swab. Yep. And you need it. Yeah. And you need a Q-tip up your butt to see if there's HPV, excuse me, to see if there's a um, butt. <laughs> Honey, I don't think that you have any of these. You're good. You're yeah. in a marriage. So, yeah. So that's that's why it's important to to be a little bit more knowledgeable about these things, because a lot of doctors like I switched doctors at one point um, a long time ago and went in to get tested. And he gave me a urine cup, and I'm like, honey, uh-uh. I, I do more than just use my front. You know, I use everything. Get that Q-tip up my booty hole. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah. So, e- even doctors often aren't knowledgeable about what we do. So, it's well, important it's to communicate what thing. you do. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're getting the right amount of testing because you don't want your life to be in jeopardy, really, at the well, end that, of the day. And, and honestly, as well, I think after hearing all these people on my TikTok and on my Instagram, privately message me and say, oh, my God, I've never had a throat swab or a butt swab. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, 40 years old. I'm thinking, well, no wonder gonorrhea and chlamydia are rampant throughout our community. Nobody's yep. checking for it properly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So so the consequences of barebacking, obviously, all the STIs, a lot of it is preventable. At least, the, you know, H- HIV and HPV are preventable these days. The other stuff is generally treatable. But sometimes it's not as easy as it sounds. There are resistant strains of gonorrhea out there, like mm-hmm. a super gonorrhea that, you know, people sometimes have to be hospitalized, get IV antibiotics for. Not to scare everybody, but but like it happens. Or something. It's a reality then, that we face. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then with warts. I've had a guy who hasn't bottomed in 25 years, you know, with his husband and he had an HPV infection from an encounter 25 years ago. And he was one stage below anal cancer on oh, a, wow. on an anal pap smear that I did on him. So that's another thing that a lot of guys aren't aware of is that you mm-hmm. should have at least one anal pap smear to check for any sort of dysplasia, which is precancer, or HPV, HPV infection, um, if you've ever bottomed before, uh, okay. bareback especially. Okay. So, yeah, oh, th- these are things that a lot of people aren't aware of, but it, it, it's all part of our, um, our, our health care that people need to be aware of. And like you said, if you're if you're on prep, you got to get tested every three months anyway with, you know, butt swab, throat swab, pee test, blood tests. But if you're sexually active and in a non-monogamous way, you should be getting tested every three to six months for these things, too. <laughs> so with I have because I have some sub questions. with Oh, my God. Sure. Do you have dumb questions, too? <laughs> I have sub and yes. <laughs> yes, mistress. Um, oh. so, Sorry, our producer just fell over. Um, <laughs> spit. I want to know all about like spit. What about it? With in the in the act of stuff, and how does it affect both tops and bottoms? Wait, wait, wait. Spit. Spit. Like, using it as a lubricant. 
Oh, not like spit versus swallow. Right. Or that works oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works too. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So sal- yeah, I mean- sal- saliva. Saliva. <laughs> for us. For us. Salivating on the... <laughs> okay, so we want the salivary well, amylase, which is the enzyme. <laughs> oh, he's fancy. He knows it. Oh, I love it. she knows. She, she works in knows. biotech. Gene therapy. <laughs> yeah. I don't use any of my college education. Don't go to college, kids. But if you do that, go for it. <laughs> Student loan. Yeah, spit. Um personally not a fan of it um okay. it does it's not a great lubricant for a top or a bottom um it's good for a handy in, in a pinch but oh. um it just i mean honestly it doesn't work for me and um a huge turn off if somebody tries to spit on me or in my mouth that's just oh. like i'm not my thing you don't mean you don't like hydration via other people's um, spit? Oh, I'm really thirsty. Please spit in my mouth. Uh, yeah, mm. people. Yeah, I've had people try to do that before, and I'm like, honey, no. Wow. Uh-uh. This is maybe. No. You should, what's the show that they go tell them to shower? What is the show? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm out. Inside. No, out. it's uh, what's the one? It's a sin. I'm on call. It's a sin. Oh. So I'm go. like, what? what? Yeah. The one you were talking about. Basically, just tell them to get out of there. You're not spitting in yeah. my mouth. Go away. Yeah. So also with uh, right now in the COVID era, not exactly the greatest thing to be doing uh, (laughs) using spit. But Um, in a uh sexual way, like what are the the causes to um, like what kind of cause and effect will you have on someone's butthole that honestly, it's uh, honestly, I don't really think I don't worry a whole lot about um, about any sort of infections or anything like that. But when it comes to anal sex, you want to be able to be lubricated well enough to not get torn back there. Um, and anal fissure is very painful and can put you out of commission for months. That's my dream. And name. I've had guys who've had, <laughs> had surgery for anal fissures, and they're out for the rest of their life. They just can't. And never then they sit on that it. donut because they have to sit appropriately. Oh gosh! Yeah, really? yeah. And you can't poop, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, so, so lubrication, lubrication, lubrication. When it comes to all that, and Spit isn't the greatest. Okay, good. And like, what is your, what would you say is best lubrication for people? Silicone or water-based? Well, I, I personally prefer silicone, but I, but it makes a hell of a mess. Um, I just going to say it gets everywhere. Yeah. You have to, you know, one of the things that is a helpful tip that I was surprised got, you know, a couple of hundred thousand hits on TikTok was I, I said, Hey, you know, a little helpful tip about cleaning up externally after you use um, silicone lube, have a little tiny bottle of Dawn dishwashing liquid yep. in your shower. Ooh. Yep, it cuts it right off. I mean, yep. it's it, like it, a little it, bird in a oil yep. spill. Or you can use Neutrogena <laughs> yeah. body oil. I mean, I mean, it's a bird. Yeah, because it's oil. It's silicone. It's a. It's not water soluble, so you need something oil based to remove it. I right, exactly. Hate and silicone or, or oily hair shampoo or things like that they yep. tend to really work really well. Um, yeah, so um, I prefer the uh, silicone-based loops because they also protect, uh, kind of form like a protective barrier. If you have any issues with hemorrhoids or if you have any discomfort back there or if you have mm-hmm. um, a history of fissures or anything like that, it's just really good lubrication. It doesn't get absorbed like water-based lube. Water-based lube, after about 10, 15 minutes, starts absorbing all the, the rectum starts absorbing all the water out of the lube, and it becomes kind of gummy and sticky, and you have to reapply that's so, when you know it's time to be done. Yeah, really. Yeah. If you haven't gotten off in that amount of time, then this session's over. Lube is not like chapstick. You shouldn't just have to reapply. It's not sunscreen either. But like, that's my thing with silicone. Cause it's like, yeah, it lasts a long time, but like water-based, you might need a lot of it, but like, 
at least it washes off. Like silicone-based yeah. lube I've had on me for like the entirety of the day. And then it like, bl- like, oh my God, this is maybe TMI, but it like bled through my shorts, like yeah. onto my pants because <laughs> it like, silicone? it didn't like leak out of me, but there was, uh, you got to use a lot of lube Did when you you're using booty stuff. I mean, some guys like to have it on them the rest of the day. No, I like did shower. The thing is a silicone-based lube just sticks on you. It's like, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. It's a that, part of your world. Yeah, that's how you need it. That's, that's, that's why you need to know how to get it off properly. Um, but another thing about lube that I want to make sure that people understand, there are certain lubes that are not compatible with latex condoms. Mm-hmm. So silicone-based lubes and water-based lubes and the hybrids of the two, completely compatible with, with latex. You don't have to worry about that. But if you're using condoms, don't use coconut oil or petroleum jelly or it, oh, or Lord. baby oil. The, it will yeah. eat through the, the condom and make it break a lot easier. That's a good point. I was just going to say that because people think like natural is better sometimes. So what would right. you say in terms of like coconut oil or uh, petroleum jelly, like Vaseline and stuff like that? Obviously, you just said that's a no-no with condoms. Oh, that's a no-no but, if you're using condoms. No. So, so can you so, use that without condoms? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think I think coconut Coconut oil is probably better than than Vaseline and and baby oil for sure, but um, but, but yeah. So um, and actually, I, I kind of like coconut oil, but you just it leaves you it smelling with nice too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm farting coconuts. Wow, it's so tropical. <laughs> and then when someone goes down to eat your butthole and toss your salad, it's very tropical for it's them. Like a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like they went to like Hawaii. They're like, oh wow. Look at your booty hole, nice and coconutty. Actually, one Do of the I drag queens. One of the drag queens on, on Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race um, apparently made some sort of TikTok or some sort of Instagram where they recommended squirting Listerine in their butt to make oh. it better for for oral anal. But I, I beg people, person? please. Please, I think it was Vanjie, but I'm like, please oh, don't, God. please don't do that. <laughs> no, you especially not first, undiluted. People. Now, diluted a lot, maybe it's okay, but don't do that um, at no. all because it could really burn your butt really bad. Yeah, no, that's for your mouth. Well, and since hole. we're talking about like you know how it smells and <laughs> spitting in Listerine and stuff like that into your butthole. Uh, I know you did a whole thing about douching. <gasps> I'm glad you bring this the up. The importance okay. of it, and is there too much douching, and like just the stigma around people who have this idea that poop on the dick is not—it's okay. doo-doo on the D, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. it's your butthole. Yeah, it's fine. Honest, yeah, honestly, I'm shitting on you. <laughs> or Unless I am. you want that. <laughs> hey, and, hey, and there are some people that do. So you know, you know, <laughs> you can't. You have to be careful. Um, yeah. So, um, with this, with this idea of, of, of cleaning out, some guys don't need to, some guys are able to have a good diet with lots of fiber or take a fiber supplement daily and they can get away without doing that. They know when there are bullets in the chamber and if there's bullets in the chamber, they don't play. (laughs) I love that. Oh, you got a loaded gun, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you need to fire off. Okay. (laughs) Personally, you know, to use a uh, Cardi B reference, I I like a clean garage back there if I'm going to be in there, you know? I don't know Cardi B, but I'm going to go for it. Is that a WAP? Yeah, that's part of the the WAP song is, you know, talking about um, parking that big Mack truck in this tiny little garage. Oh my god! Um, yeah. So is anyway, the truck the penis. 
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Cardi B. <laughs> so anyway, so um, I think I, personally on bottoming, I think it's a lot more comfortable to have nothing in there because you don't have anything that's getting jammed up against your rectum. You know, you don't have a turd that's, that's getting pushed up against you. So it's more comfortable. Also, smell-wise, it uh, it's a big turnoff for a lot of people when they're having anal sex, and there's a lot of smell. Um, it's yes, it is a normal thing. That's what your that's what your butthole does. It expels shit. So it, yeah, it's gonna smell like shit sometimes. Yes, you're gonna get a little shit on your uh, on your dick sometimes. That's, that's just part of anal sex. Mm-hmm. But there are ways around it, and a lot of guys prefer to douche. And there's actually nothing wrong with it. A lot of people are so upset about oh, it's gonna throw off the the microbiome in your rectum. There are billions and trillions of bacteria in your colon with the next shit you take that's going to replace all that. So I don't <laughs> I don't get too freaked out about the microbiome of that. I've never I never had a case, never had a case of a guy who came into my office as a butt doctor who I was like, "Uh-oh, he douched too much." Um, you know, it you know, famous so, last words. <laughs> so people 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 shouldn't get too bent out of shape about that. Now, if you're doing it to the point where it's affecting your daily bowel habits, there's a problem. Hmm. But I, I recommend not to use harsh chemicals. If you're going to use anything, use lukewarm water so it's not too hot, not too cold. And don't use the chemicals that are in those over-the-counter mm-hmm. um, enema bottles because a lot of them contain harsh chemical irritants that can, number one, cause cramping, and number two, cause inflammation in your rectum, which increases your risk for STIs, mm-hmm. especially if you're barebacking. So lukewarm water. Be careful on how much you use because the colon's a twisty, turny um, organ with um, it is you know the first eight to ten inches is a straight shot, but then there's a mm. big turn. So if you put too much water up in there, it's going to go over that turn, and you're going to be right in the middle of sex, and there's going to have a flood. Oh, so oh. so I tell people use 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 only how much you need, and when you think you've got it all out of you, get up, walk around, shake it around a little bit, sit back down because you might be surprised there's going to be some some fluid still there. Oh my, it might come through your shorts. <laughs> yeah, I do some silicone-based lube. <laughs> and, and Don't just do for that. For our listeners out there, it, mm-hmm. it just so happens that you are with someone and they are not as clean as they thought they were. Let's not shame them. Yeah, absolutely. That. I agree. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that a lot of people are so have so much emotional baggage about bottoming. They're so terrified there's going to be an accident. Mm-hmm. There's, um, they're they're so t- so terrified of being shamed or made to feel less than. Hey, that's a normal part of our lives, and you know, you you take a little towel, you clean up, and you keep going. Or you, yeah. you know, they may want to go to the restroom for a minute and clean up, and then come back. Yep, that's okay. It's normal. It's natural. It's human. Yep, everybody Do not shame people for having that issue. And let me tell you, like you wouldn't even be in this situation if it was if there wasn't a bottom anyway. So you better be glad that there's somebody oh. who is willing to let you fuck them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's a that's a huge sacrifice that bottoms go it's through. An bottoms an honor to for you to come into this body. Literally. It is. It really you wanna, is. You want to park this truck in this garage? Yeah. Yeah. What's the truck? Mac truck. Respect. Yeah. Mac truck person. <laughs> so, yes. mm-hmm. how much? would you say is too much bottoming like and other positions that make it 
like or I hope he says there's not more there's not tear. such thing as too much butt. Yeah, it's like the number it's, doesn't exist. It, yeah, <laughs> the limit yeah, does the not limit, exist. The limit does not exist. It's like is is there oh, too caddy. much masturbation? You know, oh. if if, if if you're bottoming to the point where you can't do anything else but bottom, then there's then that's the only time it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're hurt, if you have an injury yeah. back there, then you Sports might want to rest injury, a little yeah. bit. But 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 theoretically, there's no certain number that it's. Okay, you can do eight times a week, but not nine. You know, so I guess do just what's listen good for to you. your body. Right? Yeah, listen to your body. Yeah, and you know that being said, as well, as far as positions that make it easier to bottom, like you had you had mentioned as well, um, I, I tell people, especially new bottoms or people who've been hurt before, to start off on top because huh. you control mm-hmm. how fast it goes in how deep it goes in at your pace to where you're comfortable. And once you get it all in there and you take a deep breath and you can relax a little bit, then you can either stay in control, which is pretty hot, or you can have the top take over and be in control. So it's an injury preventer. It's a couple of minutes of, um, of uh, just getting your body and your mind ready. Uh, because those first couple of minutes of bottoming, honey, they can be pretty harrowing depending on the, the size of the task you're about to take. <laughs> if it's a little dick, no big deal. But if it's a big fat dick, it, it's going to take some time. If it's a little hill, the Manjaro, you might take, need to take some time and work up to that. Get your Sherpa. You're good. Pack your backpack. Make sure you've got your silicone based yeah. lube, your condoms, everything you need. Another important, absolutely. Another important thing to bring up about that too, though, is. When it comes to positions in anal sex, everybody's curves are different. So, yes. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Know so your some, body. Everybody in like if you if you have a different partner, um, then you know every day even. And we're not judging. You know, everybody's dick's going to be curved differently. Everybody, you know, some point up, some point down, some go to the left, some go to the right. Your your own body has its mm-hmm. own curve, so no, find what fits. Yeah, yeah that's what find I what say. fits your situation and and make that work. <laughs> One crucial <laughs> tip that people don't realize about bottoming and has revolutioned a lot, revolutionized a lot of people's sex lives. I, I even have it on my Instagram as an IGTV video. Ooh, is there's a little exercise that I recommend guys do and, and incorporate as part of foreplay. Is it the exhaustion of your butthole and then uh, the muscle exhaustion to where it relaxes? Well, you hold it, it, it for... Yeah, ex- well, yeah. Okay. It's, it's similar to that. It's, it's called... Well, I call it the butt clock. So oh. so think of your hole as a circle. Uh-huh. Lubricate your finger and slide it in about oh. an inch or two and keep it firmly straight and then press over to the side up or down. So like three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock or 12 o'clock and keep that pressure pressed at that position. That tiny little circle starts opening up and relaxing. <gasps> oh, and it's a, it's a trick that doctors use to be able to examine people's prostates and rectums uh. who are really super tight, but you hmm. can incorporate this into bottoming and make it so much better an experience to get relaxed for penetration so stick your finger in press it over to the side hold it hold that pressure there release and go over to the other side go up or down you know the three six or nine positions um depending on your time zone and um (laughs) and it really does a great job of relaxing you and i have so many people who have privately messaged me on instagram or on tiktok who said oh my god my husband loves you thank you so much oh my god you've revolutionized our sex lives thank you thank you thank you and there's nothing more rewarding than hearing that from somebody 
Yeah, I, I so I have kind of like a two part follow up question that I was going to ask about healthy bottoming. Um, mm-hmm. But then after you kind of just talked about the, you know, finger butthole to make it open up. Can mm-hmm. you kind of discuss and go like a little bit into detail about how uh, like being in the moment and turned on is kind of critical to have good anal sex? Um. Being in the moment and being turned on is is being. Does that make sense? Behavior. Like, if you're not into it, but you're trying to like make it work, have you ever had that? Well, yeah, and I, you know, that's a two way street as well. You know, it's it's if the bottom's just not enjoying it, it's you know, it's it's not worth doing, or if the tops just can't make it happen. You know, there there mm-hmm. are times when you just can't make it happen. Yeah, um, it takes a certain degree of erection to be able to penetrate a butthole. Yeah, and not everybody's able to achieve that. Like on a, you know, you go out and you drink too much, might not not be not might not be easy to be able to penetrate someone mm-hmm. because there's a certain degree of uh, of firmness that is required. Mm-hmm. So, um, what would you give like some tips and stuff for people who um, are uncircumcised and some of the care, and especially for people who might have never seen one before how how can they see if everything is okay down there before they tackle that you know <laughs> tackle because i'm like i don't want you to pull the skin back and something fall out and they're yeah. like what is that is that oh, a no, treat just the critters that live <laughs> is that in a the prize at the bottom of the cereal <laughs> yeah and, yeah and honestly i think that's that's something that happens a lot especially down here in san diego where there are a lot of uncut guys um huh. that um that some people just aren't used to, but they need a little bit of education on. And it's okay if you're circ- um, uncircumcised and you have a guy who's not really familiar with how to to manage it to teach him. It's okay to teach somebody how to, to suck your dick right or to handle it right. Or, oh, no, 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 don't pull back too fast because I'm super sensitive on the head and, you know, I don't like that. Communicate what you like. Um, as far as self-care, obviously – Pulling back the skin and keeping it clean on a daily basis is important so you don't get buildup of, of material called smegma. Um, and but as, as far as preferences go, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody should run away from one if it's uncut or, you know, I, I think it's hot. I think it's um, it takes a certain degree for someone who's not used to, to managing um, sex with a, a, an uncut person. It takes it takes a few sessions to f- kind of figure it out, but it's okay to ask. Okay, what do you guys think about that? I, How do you approach it? I have, you know, had my share of these kind of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do enjoy it on occasion. But yes, I have had someone who was not clean down there, and I was like, did not know to look for something like that beforehand, right. and I was like. Mm-hmm. Bleh, bleh. What is that in my mouth? Oh, oh, <laughs> do, you have oh. Any, do you have any crackers? Because <laughs> you just gave me cheese. <laughs> oh, no. Paul. Oh. It was crusty? <laughs> it was It was kind of... Was it like Captain Crunch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was not Captain Crunch Berries. Oh, my God. That was... Oh, you know what? It was Captain Crunch Berries with the powder milk because it was hard. <laughs> I love Captain Crunch. I'm never going to think about it the same. Aww. Uh, Captain Crunch destroys the roof of your mouth and so did that guy Schmegma. (laughs) But that was my experience with it. Oh my gosh. I, for me, I, I appreciate penis 
Penis? No, no, no. Uncut oh. penis. I, I think that, you know, all all of God's children are beautiful. Uh, but I just, if you're going to, you know, put it inside my butthole, absolutely, that's fine. But I think just maybe just it's not enough experience with uncut penises for me. Oh, like, honey, you're missing out. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, most people know how to clean their penis. So don't, don't let that, mm-hmm. don't let that really um, no, get in your head. No, it's not even that at all. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. most, I've had a couple experiences and I've, always get really scared from me that I'm going to hurt them, right? Because right. it's so much more sensitive. Well, and that's where the the whole communication thing comes in. Mm-hmm. Hey, does this feel good for you? If it doesn't, let me know so I know how to do it right. But mm-hmm. that's not exactly, you know, hot or sexy in the middle of a sex session, for sure. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good mean, way to learn. I mean, communication is key. It's important. I'd have it that really conversation. Is. Hey, are you okay right now? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about your childhood traumas while we, while we, while we <laughs> confirm if this is hurting you? <laughs> okay, my next question is, um, is kind of around experimentation. Um, mm-hmm. That's a very general, like experimenting, I'm saying in general. Um, like what kind of tips would you give? Yeah, I I think one of the most important things for people to realize for the male anatomy is that our G-spot is inside our rectum Mm -hmm. where the prostate is. So you have to, first of all, examine why you're keeping it as a taboo or why you're nervous about it and explore that. But it's definitely a a huge, and one of the things that drives me crazy about men who are so toxically masculine that they can't do anything but top Or straight guys who think, oh, if somebody goes in my butt, it's going to make me gay. Butt stuff has no sexuality, gender, or effect on your masculinity or femininity. Hmm. Um, We all have one. And especially guys with with the prostate. I'm telling you, honey, I didn't know what heaven was until somebody was fingering my prostate while they were sucking my dick at the same time. Uh (laughs) There is nothing better than that G-spot getting hit. I mean, it, it's it, it will send you to heaven. So it's Q Firework you know, by Katy Perry. <laughs> absolutely. So you 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 have to explore your body. It's okay to explore your body. There's no there's no reason to keep it taboo. If you don't like it, fine. That's that's okay. But every good top needs to bottom at least once, so they know what they're mm-hmm. doing and they know what and they know how their their, their bottom should feel or or what feels badly. You know, listen, we get a short time on this earth. If you're interested in doing something, give it a try. You know, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, go for it. Um, so for me, I have a question about um, like things that monogamous couples should be concerned with in terms of their sexual health. Because you had a TikTok on your Instagram about like, you know, making sure to wash or like rinse off your penis like after you've had unprotected sex, like. Uh, well, because there's like bacteria and stuff that could get in. Well, the- you know, yeah, exactly. And most most married guys and a lot of guys who are not married have unprotected sex. Um, one of the big things that you should do after penetrating someone is go urinate because the urethra oh, can have bacteria that get from your from your rectum that are naturally and normally there that can crawl up into the rectum there and create a urinary tract infection. Mm, and urinary good. tract infections are no fun, you know, burning, stinging, difficult to pee. Um, you can even get prostatitis, which is a, a deeper infection of the prostate gland uh, with E. coli bacteria. And it can almost it, it can almost get your prostate can almost get so swollen from that infection that you can't urinate at all. And like <gasps> I had it one time and I almost had to go to the emergency room to get a catheter <gasps> because oh, I couldn't no. pee. Mm-mm. So. 
Yeah. Oh, so man. something as simple as getting up and going, you know, take a piss after you after you have sex. So easy. So easy to do. So maybe just stay hydrated so you'll have to pee. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, I, I can't pee after sex because I, I, I don't need to pee. I'm like, well, hydrate yourself and pee when you can. Mm-hmm. It's like the two one one. Make sure that you're planning a little bit. Just drink some there water. Yeah. Um, so what is, cause this is going to go a little off topic of the, the butt thing, but that's okay. Um, I think this was like Joe's question that he had, um, Which what question? is the best or worst experience you've had oh, yes. that you can share that doesn't violate HIPAA? I would, I think I voted for worse. Like tell me a really bad <laughs> horror story of like someone <laughs> shitting on you at the doctor's office or like you had your fist up somebody and they like ejaculated cause they were turned on or like maybe, you know, a woman had you know, something after uh, giving birth. I mean, I just imagined a lot of poop all over your office. Oh, uh, no. I, I, have, <laughs> I, I have so many stories. I don't know where to begin. Um, oh, the worst. Find the worst one. That's why. Let's do um, that one. We're so, sitting okay, down. The, don't worry. You can tell so, us. Okay. So, so the worst one. Okay. So I get called by the emergency room. Okay. Oh, we've got this guy who's having some bleeding rectally and um, – and we did a CAT scan on him, and he's having some pain. And on the CAT scan, right about 10 inches in, there is some inflammation. And so we think he's got some, some colitis, and we, he needs a colonoscopy. So we're going to go ahead and prepare him for a colonoscopy. We're going to give him the drink to clean out, the Go Lightly stuff to clean out. And you can come by and see him later and plan to do a colonoscopy tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, I usually talk to people first, but that's fine. So I, I go into the room and I see this guy and his whole family's in there, including his wife and two kids. And this dude looks really nervous. I mean, really nervous. And I say, okay, sir, you know, I'm Dr. Carlton and we're going to do a colonoscopy on you tomorrow. This is what you can expect. Okay, doc, sounds good. You know, cutting off any sort of questions I had. So we get him downstairs the next day away from his family and he says, Whatever you find, you tell me. You don't tell my wife. And okay, automatically my ears. Oh my god, he put something. It's a toy train. (laughs) No, I'm like, okay, okay. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Did you ask him? And so he said, just so you know, I did a lot of cocaine on Monday. Oh, and I'm like, okay, well, all right. Um, Up his butt. And but he wouldn't elaborate. So. He, we get, we get the camera in, we go up and around the whole colon. We're coming back out. And just as we get on the way out, I can see a view that I didn't see going in over to the left. And there's this big gash in his colon that's obviously been there about four or five days. This is on a Friday or a Saturday. So it had happened on Monday when he did a lot of cocaine. Um, There's this big gash that's healing pretty nicely. But, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, did I do that? Or is that? No, that's been there for four or five days because it's ulcerated and it's obviously healing. Um, and I didn't have any trauma going in. And then I whispered down in, into his ear, okay, what did you stick up your ass on Monday? And he said, well, my wife was out of town and I went to he a He was hotel. awake? Well. Are you awake he, during he, a colonoscopy? No, no, no. no. He's, he was, this was back when we, we used stuff that knocks you out a little bit more. This is about oh, it was ago. the starlight. He was yeah, in like we used a conscious sedation. Phase. Yeah. So, uh, so, so he was kind of in twilight and I, um, uh, I whispered into his ear, what did you stick up your ass? And he goes, well, I did a lot of cocaine on Monday and I was in a hotel room and I got a little crazy. And he still wouldn't elaborate on what exactly happened. But um, I said, well, okay, well, we need to, we need to do a CT scan again to make sure I didn't actually tear that because if you had told me that I would have never stuck a camera in there because it could have perforated you. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I called the surgeon right away and said, hey, I got this guy who has a, a, a rip in his colon. I don't think it's perforated completely, so he doesn't need surgery, but I want you to be on board just in case. And I said, it's a married guy who did a bunch of cocaine while his wife away. And he goes, why is it always a married guy who when his <laughs> wife was away? <laughs> So, yeah, there's all kinds of stories about guys. Did you like, ever find out what it was that was I in never, there? Listen, <sighs> as soon as he woke up, he was gone. Uh, he was like, uh-uh, no. That, uh, I want to know. Can we find him? <laughs> I know that's like patient confidentiality. Okay. So, so then yeah. I have a question for you then. What is the craziest thing that you found inside That you pulled out. Okay, that good. That you pulled out. Oh, um, it's mainly on the other end that I pull out things. Uh, usually I let surgery do the rectal things, but I've had people swallow razor blades. I <gasps> pulled a toothbrush out of somebody's stomach. <gasps> how, oh, my God. I what? pulled... Um, how do you eat a toothbrush? <laughs> pieces of light bulb. What? Um, yeah, batteries. Oh, Maybe they were, maybe they were trying are, to get energy. They were trying to there's, recharge. <laughs> yeah, really. There, they probably psych- do that on vacation. <laughs> there's a psychological disturbance where people swallow things or they have paranoid mm. schizophrenia and, it's, and well, they say the voices well, tell them to swallow their toothbrush and they do it. What's that, and, what's that show, My Strange Addiction, yes, where yes, people yes. eat like pica, like wall, like insulation and stuff? Or their husband's oh. ashes. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I remember. Yeah, so, yeah, so, and that, it, it gets pretty annoying after their third visit with a toothbrush in their stomach. Okay, it's like, okay, Herb. Why, why oh. is, you know, why are you doing that? You know, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. I don't want to uh, do this. A toothbrush, but your stomach is small. How does it, does it just get stuck in the esophagus too? Well, no, it, it, it somehow these people get it down their esophagus and into their stomach and it just and they, it can't move out of the stomach because uh, it's too big. Oh my God. So it just sits there and you oh can't leave it there. So you have to pull it out. Obviously. Oh my God. So should we be worried about like when we swallow like cum and stuff like that? Are there like concerns about that? Guys, but like, it's it like mean, gum. Nothing, nothing. Oh, it's, it's acid will yeah, kill no, it. It's just no, gelatinous collagen. Yeah, the ad, stu- or not yeah, collagen. The stomach it's acid just, really yeah. chews it up. It's yeah. just, yeah, okay. you're fine. So I just want to make sure it wasn't like gum or it sits in my stomach for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you poop it out. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question for for you, right? If you swallow gum, mm-hmm. is that true? Does it stay in your system for seven years or is it just processed through slower? Uh, it, it gets, it gets pretty dissolved i mean i've I've never seen gum in anyone's colon or any anybody's stomach or anything like that and so i mean you know there's there's all these rumors that oh you have 27 pounds of undigested red meat in your colon no you don't (gasps) (laughs) it's just not it just doesn't work like that i still i still have kind of an irrational fear as an adult and that's maybe why i don't like watermelon but like of getting watermelon seeds stuck in my stomach and then it grows a tree (laughs) because of the episode on rugrats (laughs) that's really funny but I also don't like watermelon, so it's fine. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up here. We do have our, our quick fire questions with you, Dr. Carlton. But before okay. we do that, we just want to say thank you for being on here and helping to educate us a little bit more and stuff. And how yeah. can people find you on social medias? Well, my two biggest social media outlets right now are TikTok and Instagram. And they both have the same handle, at D-O-C-T-O-R. C A R L T O N, Dr. Carlton, all spelled I'm out. I'm going to follow you. And then um, my Twitter handle was sadly taken already. So it's Dr. underscore Carlton. And then I have drcarlton.net that we're building right now to try to put all my different podcast appearances on and maybe oh. some um, informational things, some YouTube stuff. And um, 
um, you know, eventually, hopefully some merchandise. Well, and if people want to be um, a patient of yours, where can they yeah. find you? Yeah. Well, if you if asking you, for um, a friend, yeah. If you contact, I'm going to book an appointment on, with you. <laughs> yeah, if, you on, if you contact me on my social media, I'd be more than happy to help you with those sorts of things. I'm re- I'm really responsive on my social media questions, especially Instagram. Hmm. Somebody if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to answer it. Wow. Um, That's yeah. Vacation. So yeah, and it, and it does take a lot of time. But when you have people who are in, like I mentioned earlier, countries where it's illegal to be gay. And they don't have any other access to LGBTQ healthcare. You got to do things like that. He's a philanthropist. Yeah, is that what it is? Right? She is all out there, just giving it up. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bye bye social yeah. life. You don't need that. So, on <laughs> right. any of these social medias, are you doing the Carlton? I actually have a, a Carlton dance with Carlton. Oh my God! Stop <laughs> yeah. it! Yeah. Oh my God! Okay. Yeah, it's a duet. So watch it, this. Oh, it's bad because I can't dance with the shit. So. Yeah. I'll be but, the judge yeah. of that later. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go into our our quick fire questions for you. We have three of them. Okay. Ooh, so just okay. whatever comes to your into your brain right away. All right. Okay. You ready? All right. What is your Real Housewife tagline? Do you ever watch the Real Housewives? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Let me think. Okay. Just because he looks innocent doesn't mean he is. Oh. Okay. Would you be holding your apple or your orange? Which season <laughs> would you be from? A peach. Or your snow from Salt Lake City? Well, what would it be from, from uh It'd be California. a pile of shit. He'd hold a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> or like, here's your silicone-based lube. Right. right. Here's that unidentified object from a herb. <laughs> right. So... So the second question is, what would be your weapon of choice during a zombie apocalypse? Hmm. A machete. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And the final one is, what is your favorite signature drag queen dance move? Oh, the death drop, honey. Oh, I knew that. Oh, shablam. I like like the shablam. She loves the shablam. (laughs) You don't like the boom, cat, cat, boom, kitty, cat, cat, boom, cat, cat. I love that. And then they do the little, like, the little whatever this is. But there's nothing better than a shablam. That's true. And now I know you mentioned that you saw one of the Drag Race girls saying something about Listerine and stuff like that. Are you a Drag Race fan? Oh, I'm a huge fan. And not only of the U.S. version, but the U.K. version. I soak up every episode I can. So who's your favorite on the U.K.? You know, it started off as Lawrence Chaney, but now I'm really into um, Bimini Bamboulash. Yes, yes. But because she had like the best line in that in um, uh, U.K., huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, I need to give these girls a pillow because they're sleeping on me. I'm like... Bitch, that is some Nicki Minaj <laughs> Cardi B. I, I right do there. love Lawrence Cheney. I love Lawrence Cheney. The thing I can't get over Rupert on, on UK, Charles. The thing I can't get over on the UK Drag Race is how horrible their haircuts are in real life. I know. Uh, like, is that oh a COVID thing? Why are their hair? Why is their hair so bad? I think it's because that one dude has a bowl thing. cut, and I'm like, dude. They, there were two. There were two with bowl cuts, and then Bimini Bamboulash has like the yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like their hair is fried too. I don't know, like, and it's like like long but mullety, but like shaved on the sides. I don't know. I know. Okay, yeah, like, I'm like, what what is going on here? It's it's yeah. a it's a decision. And who's your favorite in the West? <laughs> Choices. Um, my favorite currently and and season thirteen or overall uh, thirteen thirteen. Oof. Um, 
You know, I was a big Simone fan for a little while, but she's kind of slacked off a little bit. And I'm I really liking it. I'm really liking Denali. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. My thing on Simone is that when you start high, you can only go down. So she's destined for some. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. thank you, Dr. Carlton. All right. Thank yeah. you for being on here with us. And we appreciate right. it. Yeah. And have a great night. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Andrew Smith and Nick Stone for producing the show. If you like us, please follow us at TUGazePod on Instagram and visit us online at TUGazePod.com. You can find us anywhere you can stream podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and let us know topics you'd like to hear. And always remember, stay safe, stay classy, stay sassy, and always stay a little bit trashy. See you next week.